0: Things are picking up. Things are accelerating, as Amos talks about in chapter 9. But my question for you today is, sometimes we just, we just feel ineffective. We feel like we've lost our edge. We don't, you know, we're just not producing like we think we should. Am I talking to anybody? If not, I'll just go home. But if I'm talking to somebody, this is, your, this is your day. I want to go to 2 Kings chapter 6 and spend a little time in this chapter. There's, there's so much, so many, so many great things going on in this chapter. And it begins in, in verse 1. And it says, uh, One day, the guild of prophets, the school of prophets, came to Elisha and said, You can see that this place where we're living under your leadership is getting cramped. We have no elbow room. Give us permission to go down to the Jordan where each of us will get a log. We'll build a roomier place. Elisha said, go ahead. One of them said, please come along with us. He said, certainly. He went with them. They came to the Jordan and started chopping down trees. As one of them was felling a timber, his axe head fell off. And sank in the river. Oh no, Master, he cried out, and it was borrowed, too. Wasn't even my own. The holy man said, Where did it sink? I've got a question for you today. Where did you sink? When did you sink? When did you lose your edge? The man showed him the place. He cut off a branch. And tossed it at the spot. The axe head floated up. Grab it, he said. The man reached out <coughs> and took it. Wow. Axe heads floating. How many know that's not natural? How many know we're gonna be we are now living in a supernatural time? And what <laughs> What is not natural can be normal. Are you here this morning? So as we go through this story, there's several points I want you to catch. First of all, they said it's a time for expansion and growth. They said the school has grown. We need more room. We need more elbow room. We need more places to stay, more rooms, more classrooms, or whatever they needed, and we need to build. Amen. Now, thank God we don't need a building program. Oh, you should be so thankful right now. We don't need to build anything. Praise God for that. I'll, I'll leave that to the next guy. <laughs> you know, they, you have to be dumb enough to want to do that. Say So we'll leave that for the next guy. But listen, how many know there's room for spiritual growth? And, and there's room for growth. I, I see a few empty chairs in here. I think there's room for growth. There should not be an empty chair in this place on Sunday. Anybody with me in this place? It's time that we find a way to fill every chair. Amen. Let's find it. It's time to grow. It's time to expand. And I believe now is the time because now is the time of favor. Favor doesn't just mean that he's he's being cute with you. Favor means he wants you to grow. He wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to have something happening in your life. That's what favor is for. Some of us think favor just means a new car. Well, if God gives you a new car, you better be picking up somebody for church. At the least. Amen. Glory to God. Some of you are praying for a new car and you can't even afford to put gas in it. I don't know what you're thinking. Truth, truth, Lord help us. But number two, God will give us the tools necessary for growth. So notice the ax was borrowed because preachers don't have tools. Someone said, you know you're you know your called to preach when you figure out there's nothing else you know how to do. There might be some truth in that. Amen. And you love chicken. Other than that, those are the callings. Amen. So they didn't have any tools, so they're borrowing tools. But isn't it interesting that every tool we have in the Spirit is also borrowed? Sometimes people think that they possess certain gifts. I don't don't know that you possess anything. Everything you have is a gift. It's a gift from God. Quit walking around like a peacock. Oh, I got all nine gifts. You got what you got because Jesus gave them to you. That's like walking around with a brand new $500 suit that someone gave you. Don't act like you can afford it. Don't act like you're all that. Amen. Oh, come on, church. Everything you have is because God gave it to you. Somebody ought to give God thanks right now for everything he's given you. Amen. Number three, in spite of all that, in spite of all that God gives us, sometimes we lose our edge. And the the preacher there was smart enough to understand it's a lot harder to chop a tree down without the axe head. If, If all you have is a stick... You're gonna to have to beat on that tree a long time. Y'all hear what I'm saying? All right? So, the, how many know the right tools count? And aren't you glad today we have power tools? Some churches don't have power tools, they're still with the. I call them Amish churches. No offense to the Amish, I'm just saying they don't have any power. Oh, you'll get it later this afternoon. Isn't it great to have that nailer that's pneumatic? Right? Until you miss the board and you stick someone with it, then that's not good. Isn't it great to have electric saws? Instead of... How about power screwdrivers? Am I getting down to where anyone's living now? (laughs) power screwdriver it says i want to live i want to have a church that operates in the power of the holy spirit not the power of man's ability i'll give god praise if you know what i'm talking about yes 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 but sometimes sometimes we lose our edge and when we do we think the answer is work harder don't work harder work smarter it's not about working harder so many times. I think that's why so many people burn out because they feel like everything's on me. And if I just worked seven days a week, if I just worked 10 hours a day, if I just, if I just picked up another job, if I just, why don't you just put your hand in the hand of the man from Galilee, amen? Why don't you just start trusting the Lord, and he'll, he'll provide power tools to get the job done. And you won't have to work nearly as much. We lose our edge. And then the question is, where did it sink? I mean, you know, sometimes we have to go back and do our first works over. Sometimes we lose our edge, and the question is, where did you lose it? What happened? Sometimes it's, sometimes it's unforgiveness. You let bitterness in your heart. Maybe, you, maybe, you're, maybe you're really not praying like you used to. Wow, I got one yes, Lord, out of all Uh that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Maybe you're just not reading the scriptures, spending too much time in the romance novels. Yeah, I'm old school. Uh, No, I don't read them. I'm just... (laughs) Lord, I don't read them. Oh, Lord Jesus. I don't read fiction, period. Not that it's wrong, but I just don't do it. All right. Where did you lose it? But that's not to beat yourself up over. It's to go back to a place where you got off track. If you get lost, the thing to do is to find your way back, right? You're not trying to find some new path. You're tra- you got to go back to the spot where you left the trail. Yeah. you got to go back to the place where you got off track. And that's not to beat you up. It's just to get you back on track. Amen. So the prophet says, where did you lose it? It's important to know the spot. So the, so the, the servant points to the spot. He said, well, I was chopping. And the axe handle just flew off and flew into the Jordan River. It's buried deep in the mud somewhere. He said, all right, get me a stick. And the prophet's probably, oh, God, he's going to beat me. (laughs) No, it's not about beating people up. It's about helping people get back on track. Come on now. So he takes a stick. How many believe that stick might have been like the cross of Jesus Christ? And he takes the stick, and he says, where's the spot? Where did you lose it? Right over there. And he throws the stick, and I can see it floating, and I can see the water getting a little turbulent, and that ax head rises up and attaches to the stick. Whew. And then the final word, and here's here's it is Here, and here's where we mess up. Because some of us, when we see the axe head rise and attack, we see a miracle, God does something powerful in our lives. All we want to do is a Holy Ghost helicopter. Woo! Isn't that amazing? Woo! Look at what God did. We go home, leave the axe in the water. I have a word for some of you. Grab it! Whatever God does, whatever He speaks over you, whatever you read in the Scriptures, get a hold of it and use it for the glory of God. Amen. Use it or lose it. It's not enough to just get prophesied over. You need to be actually involved in what God. If God says, I'm giving you a healing ministry, guess what? Lay your little hands on every forehead you can find. Come on. Grab it. Say, grab it. grab it. Punch your neighbor. Tell them to grab it. Y'all got it? <laughs> Literally? Listen, we go on in the chapter. Because favor doesn't just work when you kind of lose your edge. Favor also comes to you when, when you're surrounded. So the same chapter, let me set it up. King, King Aram was upset because every time he formulated a military plan, somebody, the enemy, found out about it. The Israelites knew exactly every move he was making. What did he think? He thought he had a leak. Can you all watch the news without someone talking about a leak? There must be a leak. And when I find out, and when the king finds out who the leak is, I mean, you know? they don't go to jail, they just die. Where's the leak? And he said, there's not a leak. There's this guy called Elisha. And, and as he's in the prayer chamber 100 miles away, he hears everything we're saying. Oh, my. Isn't that wonderful? He's hearing the plan. He said, he knows what you're planning as you say it, and he tells the king of the Jews, and, and, and that's how they get ahead of it. So he says, well, let's send an army. Let's send a whole army, and let's surround him, and let's take care of him. So we pick up the story in verse 15, and here it is. He said, early in the morning, a servant of the holy man got up and went out. They're in the city, and surprise, horses and chariots surrounding the city. The young man exclaimed, oh, master, what shall we do? I was, pastor, how many times have I heard that? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Let's pray. Well, I guess I've done everything else. Oh, my God. Shouldn't that have been the first thing you did? Oh, master, what shall we do? He said, don't worry about it. And since God's Jamaican, no problem, man. See, some of you you are just really flipping out right now because I said God's Jamaican. We think he's actually a Jamaican woman with an attitude. Amen. We've gone that far now. Amen. What kind of church am I in? No problem, man. No, don't worry about it. There are more on our side. There's an army around them. I mean, how many people does it take to surround a city? And it's just him and it's just two of them. There's more of us than them. Can you imagine the servant? Two. I mean, I can, one, two. I can't even count them. One, two. Verse 17. Then Elisha prayed, Oh God, open his eyes and let him see. The eyes of the young man were opened, and he saw a wonder. The whole mountainside, full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. When the Arameans attacked, Elisha prayed to God, strike these people blind. And God struck them blind. Just, to, just to, isn't it great when God will strike your enemies blind? I'm not talking about people, I'm talking about just strike the devil blind. He can't even find you anymore. By the way, when you're hid in Christ, it's hard for the devil to find you. Oh, someone magnify the Lord in this place. Amen. But here's the key to favor. Here's the key to favor. You need a vision. The reason why we're not seeing more favor is because we, we can't see it, we're not looking for it. We're too busy complaining about what's going on in our lives. God, I'm outnumbered. There's too many of them. This is too much. Ah, blah, 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 blah. Hello. We're so busy complaining, we can't see that the enemy that seems to be surrounding us and outnumbering us is actually outnumbered and surrounded. And God's about to destroy their vision for your destruction by your vision of what God can do. Did y'all catch that? Because that was really complicated, and I don't know if I could say it again. You know, if you say something right the first time, let it go. I'm learning that in my old age, amen. Strike these people blind. Vision, vision, vision. Listen, I I said this. I emphasized this last week. You've got to get this about favor. The reason, here's here's how you'll see more favor in your life. First of all, start recognizing it when it's there. Stop taking credit for things. Oh, I am so smart. Not really. Why don't you start giving credit? Start recognizing. Are you getting this? Number one, recognize favor when it's there. So I don't know if it's God or not. Listen, dummy. <laughs> if something good happens to you. Give God credit. God doesn't always go, ta-da, it was me. If it's good, give him Glory. If it's bad, give him glory, because some good's about to happen. So start recognizing favor. And number two, when favor comes, be thankful. I'm beginning to see this in the scriptures. It's being emphasized to me. Uh, Paul just keeps talking about it. He keeps talking about you need to pray for so-and-so so that God will do this and that. So that purpose. So that More thanksgiving will be given. I thought, what? Apparently, the end result isn't always just God doing something for you. The end result is more thanksgiving rises. We need to start thinking more about the power of thanksgiving. We need to start understanding that something happens when you're thankful. He releases more favor, which releases more prayers of thanksgiving, which releases more favor. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Amen. The reason we don't see favor is because we're like the nine lepers who took our healing and went home without a hello. And the one came back. He said, not only are you healed, you're saved. Come on, we need more, more lepers like the one who came back to give Jesus thanks. Right now, give him thanks for the awesome, awesomeness that he has done in your life. Glory. Come on, make it personal. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, listen listen to this old preacher. I know what I'm talking about. If you'll do those two things, you will see Rapid accelerated favor in your life. I don't need a five part series. If you could just get those two, I could quit this series. Apparently, I gotta go on. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 through 9 it says, For their minds have been blinded. Wow. So they are blind. The enemy is blind. Look at this. Their minds have been blinded by the God of this age, leaving them in unbelief. Their blindness keeps them from seeing the dayspring light of the wonderful news of the glory of Jesus Christ, who is the divine image of God. We don't preach ourselves, but rather the Lordship of Jesus Christ, for we are your servants for Jesus' sake. Can I get an amen? For God said, let brilliant light shine out of darkness... For God who said that is the one who has cascaded his light into the brilliant, dawning light of the glorious knowledge of God. How do we get it? As we gaze into the face of Jesus Christ. Here's something new for your prayer life. Gazing time. How about that? How many of you know what that is? Let's let's just just do more gazing time. If somebody came along, they'd probably think you were drunk like Hannah. Because you're just like. And every once in a while, whoa. (laughs) Kind of like me on hallucinogenics. I mean, it was the same thing. (laughs) As we gaze into the face of Jesus Christ. But I quit that last year. Come on now. (laughs) I'm in so much trouble. We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's, not ours. Master, it is borrowed. We're just clay pots, and most of us are cracked. And we leak. Jesus. Oh, there's more. (laughs) Though we experience every kind of pressure, anybody? We're not crushed. Pressure? Not crushed. Pressure? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. At times, we don't know what to do, but quitting is... Ah, glory to God. We're persecuted by others, but God has. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. We may be knocked down. Oh, you know your word. Ah. The screen helps, but you know your word. When you've reached your limits and you've lost your edge, Jesus can step in. The cross of Jesus Steps in and favor is multiplied. Let me close with a familiar uh, story from the New Testament. John chapter 9, verse 1. You, you know this story. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Lake of Tiberias, which is also known as Lake Galilee. A massive crowd of people followed him everywhere. They were attracted by his miracles and the healings. We still got churches that are just at, hmm, we still got church people that are only attracted to that. Next verse. Jesus went up the slope of a hill and sat down with his disciples. Now it's approaching the time of the Jewish celebration of Passover, and there were many pilgrims on their way to Jerusalem in the crowd. Mm -hmm. And Jesus sat down, he looked out and saw the massive crowd of people scrambling up the hill, for they wanted to be near him. Oh, I I wish once again people would want to be near him. Maybe some people have the wrong motives, but let's get near him. Let's get near him. They wanted to be near him. So they turned to Philip. So he turned to Philip and said, where will we buy enough food to feed all these people? Philip's reaction, what? There's, there's what, 5,000 men? I don't know why they don't count women and children back then, but there's thousands of people here. I mean, you know, ask Judas. He has the money bag. And there's never enough money. I don't know what's going on. Where, where, where will we f- buy enough food to feed all these people? Now, Jesus already knew what he was about to do. Uh huh. He already knows what he's going to do for you. But he likes to ask you the question anyway, what are we going to do? He wants to know if you know if you're gonna do something stupid like try to do it yourself. Reach into your own money bag and try to fix this when you know you can't, when really what you need to do is trust the Lord. I have a word for you, he already has a plan. Favor's already on the way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But see, he wanted to what what did he want to do to Philip's faith? He wanted to stretch his faith. And, boy, he's about to be stretched. Watch this. Philip answered, well, I suppose if we were to give everyone only a happy meal, it would cost thousands of dollars to buy enough food. But just then, man of great faith, Andrew, Peter's brother, he spoke up and said, hey, look, here's a young guy. He's got five loaves and two fish. Yes. (laughs) But how far would that go with this huge crowd? That would even feed the 12. Have everyone sit down. So on the vast grassy slope, more than 5,000 hungry people sat down. Jesus then took the barley loaves and the fish and gave thanks. Oh, there it is again. And give thanks, not because God did it, but because God was about to do it. How many of you are willing to give thanks before you get? Come on now. Oh, we need need a spirit of thanksgiving in this church that will lead to to an outpouring of favor like we've never seen before. So he gave it to the disciples to distribute to the people. Can you imagine? I wish I had brought a loaf of bread. And then multiply it for everybody. <laughs> Church will be full, next Sunday. Because <laughs> they're coming for the bread. He break they break it, hand it to them. By the time their hand comes back, it grew back. Or another loaf appeared in the basket. Oh, this thing doesn't run out. And the fish. They just keep multiplying. Can you imagine just miracle after miracle? How long does it take to feed 5,000 people? Hours. Come on. They didn't have a buffet line. Hours. They just kept passing it out. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that amazing? The miracle of favor. And Jesus did it just because he had compassion on 5000 people that were hungry. How much more will he bless us? How much more will favor come to the church? Everyone, it was an all you can eat meal. So here's the thing. When your problem is too much, we can't we can't get this done. And your resources are too little. And your deadline is too late. I mean, even if, even if we can go to McDonald's, it'll pro- the store will probably be closed this late. It's not one of those 24-hour ones. So if your problem is too much and your resources are too little and your deadline is too late, here's what you need to do. Put what you have in the hands of Jesus. Because he is the Lord of seed, time, harvest. Didn't he? Do you see what he's doing there? He's multiplying the reproductive system of fish. He's 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 speeding up the bread process so that it's there immediately. Worship team, come on to. He is Lord of the seed, time, and harvest, Father. You're an awesome, awesome God. We love you today. We love you today. You're God of all we need. Lord, some of us today have we, we've simply lost our edge. We're just not operating on the edge. We feel dull we feel just just full listless can't seem to get the energy we need to do the things you've called us to do we've been distracted and drained and god now we need your touch we need a miracle we need favor we need you to multiply what we have so it will feed the multitudes all around us. God, we need a touch from you. Hallelujah. If you'll agree with me with this message of favor, will you stand together? Jesus. Wow. You know the worship this morning is one of those services where I could have just sat there. They could have just played the whole thing and just we we could have just went home. I just felt just felt such such peace, such a presence in the worship. And sometimes when it gets quiet like that, it's easy to get attracted. But if you just stay focused on the Lord, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Ah, oh, sense Him in this place, Jesus. you just close your eyes for just a minute? We do that so you're not distracted, but you're, you're focused on the Lord. So listen, if there's anyone here today, you're not sure about your eternal soul. You're not really sure if you'd go to heaven right now. you just slip up a hand and say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. Amen. That's me. Thank you, Lord. Now to everyone else, listen to me. I feel the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If there's anyone else that would say, Pastor, that's me. I I feel like I've lost my edge just a bit. I'm not not being effective like I know I need to be. And I'm not sure what's in my way, but something is in my way. Something has kind of robbed me of passion. And I just don't have the strength that I used to have. And I need you, Father, to restore my edge. So, I can cut things down that need to be cut down and I can move forward and I can build a building for the Lord. If that's you, quickly get out of your seat and come up here and we're gonna pray and agree, agree and pray for you that God will restore your edge. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, the Lord, it's just thick in here. We all go through phases like this, so don't be embarrassed. I've been where you are. Who else? Who else? Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. up. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Jesus can you imagine, I don't know if you can imagine this, maybe you've never seen it, but you know how they used to sharpen blades? They'd have that big that big stone on a wheel, right? And the pedals, and they'd pedal that thing, and that wheel would go around, and they'd put that, that axe edge on that, and sparks would fly. And when they were done, that axe had a sharp edge again. And I don't know if you've ever cut wood, but it makes a huge difference. We don't use axes much, but how about a chainsaw? How many know it makes a huge difference if if the chain if the chain is sharp? It makes all the difference in the world. Amen. You cut that thing in twice the time.